0: Man, I, you know, you never know what to expect when you come to church, which is kind of part of the fun, right? I mean, if you always know what to expect, it's, uh, then it's religion. But when you get to come together and just be a family, it can be unique and dynamic. And I mean, did Jason just get all up in our business and our grill? Or what? Jason, what? I mean, so you just called it to a whole new level in worship. I love that. And then uh, uh, telling us to get our heads out of ourselves Look up into heaven and see what's really going on. I just want to say, Jason, thank you, man. I I need to get my head out of myself every now and then. Be reminded of what's really going on. And uh, some of us, uh, we will be moved by the perspective of heaven. And I think when Jesus said, pray about that so that you can bring heaven to planet crazy, he knew exactly what he meant. We need a little bit more heaven glimpses right now. And guess what? Here's the conclusion of the message, friends. And so this was a really good, easy sermon. The conclusion is this, that you and I are the glimpse of heaven. That's the conclusion. Now, we're going to work a little bit to get there. But can you just kind of look around the room right now and say, wow, you are my glimpse of heaven. I said, you wouldn't sit down. Wow, my, my whole life just got better. You can have a sat- <laughs> I mean, come on, a smile, the joy, the goodness of God. People, we, we belong to the family of God. Look left, look right. It doesn't get any better than this. And, and one day, Jason, is spot on. We're going to be in heaven. We're going to be seeing everybody the way we're supposed to be even without all the weird stuff. It's going to be pretty good. I think about, uh, Kurt, you also getting up and getting in our business and saying, oh, I sense the Lord was saying this and talking about anger. I thought, I think that's me. I have some anger issues. I get frustrated. I feel like I'm living above it until somebody pulls out in front of me or the fight gets delayed or I have to knock down some nice little person to get in the line. I thought, I don't have an anger problem. Well, maybe I do. It's like, Thank you for bringing it up, Kurt. I said, I just wish I could get him to say less. And I started thinking, yeah, I'm probably the control person, too. You know, <laughs> I'm right there. And uh, I'm thankful that uh, when we come together, we can, there's a freedom to be able to listen here and be changed. Yeah, because that's really sure. what we're doing. And I don't know about you, but if you come up and you just walk into that, people getting all up in our grill and our business and stuff, you might think this is a little hard to understand. Well, I just want to let you know you're in the right place. You're in the right place because Jesus is very difficult to understand. I don't know if you've walked with God very much or if you've had very many encounters with the Lord Jesus Christ. He is hard to figure out. He's hard to understand. In fact, I would share with us today that out of all the people in history, the history of no mankind, that nobody was probably more misunderstood than the Lord Jesus Christ. And yet he just plotted on, kept doing what was right day in and day out. And He's doing that right now and all the way until he returns. And in the meantime, he's doing what's right through you and me. Look left, look right. We are the glimpses of heaven until he returns. That's how, that's it. And so sometimes it's going to be hard to understand. We learned last week that Jesus said, I'm going to do some parables. And he's moving to the parables. And he said, let me show you. Um, what it's really like. So I'm going to use some stories, and he does the first one on the on the soils and the sower of the seed, and that really made sense. Kurt, I loved uh, the fact in our life group we were talking about it, broadcasting his seed. His, his seed is not the problem. The truth is not the problem. The love of God never returns void. The truth of God never returns void. We can cast those seeds, and if it's rocky soil, great soil, it's going to do its thing. And I mean, that's a powerful truth that I learned last week. I was so grateful for that. And then uh, what I also liked is that the disciples said, well, we don't really get it. (laughs) So they were telling the truth that Jesus says, okay, everybody, I'm telling this to everybody. Now, hey, disciples, you come over here. We're going to get in a quiet corner. We're going to move from the crowd to the corner. and We're going to have a personal conversation to help you understand. And so I'm so grateful that when Jesus will say, let's go and do some one-on-one tutoring, isn't that amazing? Because he wanted to make sure they got it. So when he's going to parables, what I want us to make sure that we understand, it wasn't that he was trying to be exclusive. Jesus was using parables to be inclusive. He wasn't trying to say, oh, I'm just going to talk in some code and some riddle so that you know, the people who don't really want to hear can't hear. He said, no, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to share this in such a way that it's intriguing. To where people who are just kind of listening start really listening. And they're going to want to move, and they're just going to want to get nearer to what they're hearing, because guess what? Truth never returns void. And when you speak it in love, it's a very powerful tool. It's a glimpse of heaven, and people want to see it. So he said, I'm going to do these parables. And today what we're going to look at, and I have to admit, Kurt, that uh, when we went through the book of Mark, we had set it up to where we could uh, very likely or possibly get to... um, what we call Resurrection Day and the Triumphant Entry in the exact right time of the calendar year. And then Kurt and the preaching team said, well, we're going too fast, let's slow down. And I was thinking, if we just skipped all those parables, we could get there. And then guess what my turn was? They said, okay, here's the four parables, and that's the message that you're going to speak on. The very ones I was hoping we would just skip are the ones that were assigned to me. And so it's like, okay, thank you, Lord. Uh, I'm listening, right? I'm listening. And I looked at these four parables and I came to that better understanding of what Jesus was really doing was saying there's some of us who need to lean in a little bit more. Mm-hmm. And, and it's really completely and directly aligned to the fact that the very heart of God is to make sure that we learn how to draw near to him. Mm-hmm. People, this is what we can know for sure. That God's intent is, has always been, and will always be Draw near to me, and I will draw near to you. That's the intent. It's not to scare people away. It's not to be, hey, you know, you're not sharp enough to figure this out. It's always going to be, what can I say? What can I do so that you will draw near to me, and I will draw near to you? Isn't that amazing? Isn't that great God that we have? And so let's see the parables that way. I like it. Uh, I hardly ever use the message, but here's the message translation of Mark 4 9 through 12. We're going to uh, show it up here, and I'll read it to you. But it's this concept of what Jesus did as uh, he was moving to the parables. They said, hey, why are you doing the parables? And he said, because I I need to see that the people's hearts open up a little bit. So this is what he says to them. He says, are you listening to this? Really listening. And so again, friends, it's okay for us to pause for a moment. Are we here today because we're supposed to be here? Are we here for what? Hey, I hope when we're here today, we're listening. I mean, really listening, listening. That's what he was saying to them. And when they were off by themselves, those who were close to him, along with the 12, asked about the stories. He told them, you've been given insight into God's kingdom. You know how it works. But to those who can't see it yet, everything comes in stories, creating readiness, nudging them toward receptive insight. These are people whose eyes are open but don't see a thing whose ears are open but don't understand a word, who avoid making an about face and getting forgiven. Life is right here on the line, and they're missing it. We need to move in a little closer. We need to get a little bit more of an opportunity. We need to get up in their business in a loving way so that they can come to understand something at a greater level of depth than what they're currently seeing. And so sometimes we get so busy doing all the stuff that we miss the most important Someone once said that we're so busy learning more and more about nothing that soon we'll, you know, we'll know everything about nothing. All right? And so there's a point we need to make sure that we understand what is the most important and move towards that. So Jesus said, okay, it's time to do some inner circle teaching. Let's all, those of you who really want to go deep, let's go. And that's what these four parables are going to be today. And I'm just letting you know that they're very simple, it, but we have to put them in the right context. Again, a parable can be difficult, but we will see the truth in it. And there's a reason for the truth. The truth is to draw us nearer to the heart of God. So, everybody in this church today, we all have something in common. You ready? This is what we all have in common. None of us have a problem that hearing from God won't cure. Everybody in this room, none of us has a problem that hearing from God won't cure. Now, so the question then becomes, God, are you speaking or not? And the answer is, yeah, he's speaking. Are you listening? Are we hearing? Are we drawing near to the heart of God so that he can draw near to us? People, it's a hearing question, not a talking question. And he's going to share in these four parables. Everyone's going to start with. He's speaking, he's speaking, he's speaking, he's speaking, all four of them. And he was speaking them Speaking to them then, and he's speaking to us now. And in these, you're going to see that they go like this. It's going to be like, if you really want to draw near, number one, you can. you got to understand that you can. not And that's the intent of my heart. That's what he's telling us. He's going to say, here's the four things I need you to do. I need you to look. I need you to listen. I need you to learn. And I need you to lead. That's what these parables are going to teach. They're fascinating. They're boom, 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 just like that. You want to draw near to me so that we can draw near to each other? Then look, listen, learn, and lead. That's what we're going to see. You ready to go? So this is his intent is that he's going to want to have us have this opportunity to share in his life together. Remember, uh, we've got to put it in the right context. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me, right? Now, that's not exclusive, except it is. It's actually inclusive truth. He's saying, no one's going to make it unless you come through me. And so we go like this, all right? Then who makes it? Those who come to know Jesus will make it. Make what? What is the way? You're going to enter into eternal life, life that, that matters, life that's forever. That's, that's what's at stake here. So it's not this. Uh, sometimes we look at things and, I, well, what I'm really wanting to know is, is how to get more faster, and so then we have this thing called the prosperity gospel. You know, come on. If, if that's our mind, I just want to get, you know, as much as I can, as fast as I can. And then we have a prosperity gospel. Not so great. Come on, am I in the right church or what? And then sometimes we have, well, I just need to prove myself. I need to show that I'm better than Ralph. And then, so then we have the, you know, don't drink, smoke, or chew, or go with girls that do church. And, and it's, you know, we're better than you things. And, you know, I'm not so great on that one either. And then we have, on, well, nobody knows and everything goes, church. you know, And, and that means that's nothing yet. Th- Those aren't what we're talking about. How do I draw near to the heart of God so that everything changes? That's what we're really talking about today. So when he says, I am the way, the truth, and the love, no one comes to the Father except through me, he's going, let's go after the right things. Go after the heart of the Father because the Father's coming after you. Yes. And so that's the path we want to be on. And everybody can find God on that path. It's not, I'm trying to exclude you. He's calling everybody. Get on the right path. Yep. Why Why would you be on a different path? If the path doesn't end up to eternity in the very heart of God, then we're on the wrong path. That's okay. Somebody tell us. Oh, by the way, look left, look right. That's our job description. How cool to be a Christian. That's what we get to do. We're a glimpse of the path. And what you're going to see in these four parables is, is that, we're actually called to be able to be light along the path, to point the way. So that's, that's the way it works. And then whenever I talk about the kingdom of God and the heart of God, uh, I find it necessary to go to John chapter 17, verse 3, because this is where the Lord Jesus Christ, we call it the high priestly prayer. prayer. But where, this is where Jesus opened up his very heart. And he's, this is right before his life's going to be laid down. And he says, he's praying to the Father. He's talking to the Father one-on-one, heart-to-heart, Father-to-Son. And, this, and he says these words in, in John 17, 3. He says this is eternal life. If that doesn't make us lean in and listen, what does? When the Lord Jesus himself says, this is eternal life, we need to be 100% focused on what he says next. This is eternal life. That they may know you. Knowing God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ, whom he has sent, is eternal life. I'm so glad it's not like what Kurt was talking about really when you're you know, saying behavioral modification or this or that. That's not it. That's not eternal life. It's knowing the heart of the Father. And I'm so grateful that that's, that's how he frames it. It's interesting because I'm wearing my cool B bracelet here. Um, I don't wear jewelry. I've never worn jewelry. I, I did wear a, a wedding band until I lost three of them. And so, you know, that's, that's my tattoo now. It's just like, I'm tired of losing wedding bands. Um, but I'm just not a jewelry person. For those of you who are, that's great. That's awesome. I break stuff and lose stuff. That's what I'm good at. But uh, my father, my my stepfather, uh, who raised me, said, hey, the last time I was with him, just a few weeks ago, he said, hey, I want to give you something. And he pulled this off his wrist, and he put it on mine. Gave it to me. And I just started thinking, you know what he was really doing right then? He was saying, here's my heart. I just want to give you something. I want to give you something. He said, I haven't seen you in a while. I want to give you something. So I'm wearing it. It also works better if your sleeves are a little short. It's pretty cool, man. It helps out. When you start getting close to the Father, He just wants to give us stuff. Please, everybody, listen now. I just need to make sure you understand this. If you're going to get close to the Lord God, if you're going to get close to God, He's going to give us stuff because that's what He does. He loves us like that. He's going to open up our understanding because he doesn't want to be misunderstood. If he has to speak in parables to get us to go off to the side, he will. If we get off to the side and start listening, he will open his very heart to us. That's what these parables are about. That's what's going to happen in these next four things that I'm going to be sharing with us is this is how we can actually draw near to the heart of God and be forever changed. And that's an amazing path to be on. So when he says, I am the way, the truth, and the life, no one comes to the Father, but through me, that's the right path. And when he says, this is eternal life, it's knowing the heart of the Father, nor Jesus Christ, whom he sent, we're in the right space. We're the right people. All right, so if we're going to do it, here's our four actions that are going to get us to get close to him. Again, look, listen, learn, and lead. Here's number one. It's Mark chapter 4, verses 21 through 23, Kurt, thank you for making me do these parables that I was trying to skip over. It says, and he was saying to them, this is Mark 4, 21 through 23, it'll be number four on our slides, thank you. Again, he was saying to them, speaking it, a lamp is not brought to be put under a basket, is it? Or under a bed? Is it not brought to be put on the lampstand? For nothing is hidden except to be revealed." Nor has anything been secret, but that it would come to light. If anyone has ears to hear, let him hear. So Jesus starts saying, "Here, yeah, I'll tell you a parable. Watch this. If you have a lamp, you don't hide it. If you have a lamp, you put it on the lamp stamp where everybody can see. And so when it comes to truth, I'm not trying to tell you these things so you can just ponder forever. I'm telling you these things so that you can be the truth. Yeah. You can be the light. And he goes like this, and you want to know why what I do with light, because I am the light of the world. not what he said? And I've come into the darkness, and the darkness has seen a great light. And so what did I do so that everybody could see? I put myself on the lampstand. I went to the very cross. The place where there was the darkest of all. And I just put myself out. I wanted everybody to see. And then we sit here and we talk in church like this, let's just go to the foot of the cross. Do you understand the foot of the cross, the very life of Christ? The clarity of this is all the goodness of God. This is the door open to heaven so that we can come to a place of not dying in sin and hurt and shame, but be given a right to know God's love for us, forever love. He just lampstanded Himself. And now He's saying to us, you're the light of the world. I I didn't come and live in you. So you can go hide or pretend so that you can have some service-level conversation that doesn't mean crap. I came so that you could be the light. Let your light shine. Mm -hmm. Come on out. Burn out. Let me try. It's an amazing thing. We need to look. Light our lamp and start looking. Light it up. Ask him to fill us, that last thing that Kirk talked about. Holy Spirit, we don't even know what it means to be overcome by your goodness, your love, and your life. That's a full lamp. Come, Spirit of God, just do your work in us. When we shine, we want it to mean business. And that's how how we're made. So look, look up, light lamp. you ready to go? You want to draw near to God? You got number one. I'm willing to go. I'm willing to give it all. I'm all in. Lord, light me all up. Number two. Mark 4, 24 through 25. And he was saying to them, again, isn't this amazing? So this isn't like, I told you I'm trying to get you to figure this out. This, We're talking here. We're having a real conversation. This is how it can really work. Let's talk about this. Let's do some one-on-one tutoring. Let's get out of the classroom. Just come over and start chatting. And he was saying to them, take care what you listen to. By your standard of measure, it will be measured to you. And more will be given you besides. For whoever has, to him more shall be given. And whoever does not have, even what he has, shall be taken away from him. What in the Sam Hill? I just had to say, Lord, what are you saying here? It's like, first of all, when you talk about listening and then you say standards and measures, I mean, when, you, when I talk, I get loud because I get excited. I mean, that's, that's a measurement, right? The louder you get, you know, that, that's a standard of measure. Quiet versus loud. But listening, now he's saying, I want to give you a, a measure about listening. Listen deep. I want you to listen like real quiet. Really good listening, like ownership listening. I want you to listen so hard that you're hearing it in the deep places of our life, not surface-level listening. Isn't that amazing? So be careful what you listen to, because as you listen, that's going to be the way that you're going to be modeled and moved and changed and grown by what we listen to. Isn't that important? I can, I can remember to this day uh, when I started feeling a little confidence and some of the, the things that I was, you know, learning as a kid and trying to step up and move out in those confidence. I remember cheering something that was important to me. And then this, uh, this lady said, that kid doesn't know his head from a hole in the ground. And, you know, and probably she's there's probably some truth to what she said. I heard that. I heard that. And so then, I. You know, what do you think that does to a kid's confidence when you hear that? Well, I don't know. I don't know my head. I know my head. I, this. I do too. But we shouldn't, have, we shouldn't have that stuff put on us. Be careful what we listen to. Just because somebody says something to us doesn't mean it's true or fact. The Lord's not saying that kind of stuff to us. He's saying the very standard by which you even hear, more will be given. Hey, I am somebody. I belong to the Lord Jesus Christ. That's a pretty good day. I got in the fourth grade, I was so far behind in school because of the stuff I went through where I lived in Houston. It was difficult, it was just fought out hard. I get to the fourth grade, the kids are writing in, curs- in cursive then. I can't even hardly, you know, write correctly in printing. And I'm just far behind. First day they asked me to write my name on the board and I'm just like terrified. Just like, oh, everyone's gonna know I'm dumb now. And I, the teacher could see it, Mrs. Beckham. Thank you, God, for Mrs. Beckham. She said, she comes up, she puts her on her arm, she goes, I can tell you're a smart kid. And I'm thinking, no, I'm the dumbest kid in this class. <laughs> I'm thinking, you know, if you really knew. She said, I can tell you're a smart kid. And she said, in fact, I want you to stay after school today. This is, you can't make this stuff up. I'm telling you what happened. I'm going like, no, I'm dumb. And then I'm thinking, oh, she wants me to stay after school because I'm behind. I come after school. I did what Mrs. Beckham says, and I'm with Stoney Wheeler and Martin Cato, the two smartest kids in the class, and me. I'm looking around, I think I'm in the wrong group. And she said, Marty, these are going to be your, your learning partners. This is our team. This is the smart kid team. And I got to be on the smart kid team. I heard that. Come on, people. What are we saying to people? They're listening. People are listening. We're hearing, aren't we? Let's, 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 let's share things in truth and love. Let's share what the Lord Jesus is saying about one another. Jesus said, I'd put everything down. I'd not worry about those 99 to go find that one kid that's behind in fourth grade in Miss Beckham's class. I'll go find him. Hey, Mrs. Beckham, you want to find a kid and change his life forever? Go after Marty. You need to be careful. Listen. Be careful what we speak. People are listening. This is something we really get to do, people. We get to listen, and this is how I want us to learn to listen. Listen without limits. If people tell us this is how I'm going to put you in your place, don't listen. That's limits. We need to listen and say, man, you can go any place. That's what we need to listen to. That's what the Lord Jesus is saying. He's saying, You want to see what heaven looks like? I'll show you. Are you ready to hear that? Yeah, Yeah, I want to hear that. Mm -hmm. I want to share with you one of my favorite things. Um, And and that's when all of a sudden we're doing the best we can and then the Lord just speaks because it's so great that our words aren't going to be good enough. And Liz, uh, I loved it last week. I think it was last week for you. Uh, you got up and you, and you said, I'm just kind of tongue-tied I mean, because I feel like the Lord's wanting to speak His love and life over us. And that landed that for me last week. You were, you were hearing from the Lord, and He's just started speaking His love and His life over us? Are we building space for that? That's what I want. You see what I'm saying? I want to listen for that. I want to look for those times. And then when we do, we think, well, that was kind of weird. No, it wasn't weird. It was right on time. That's how it's supposed to work. Uh, can you bring up the Taylor expansion equation, put that on? So this is a, a formula. My undergraduate degree was in urban planning, my first degree. And, and, you know, this dumb kid that was so far behind went on and first one in my family to get to graduate from college, went on and got a master's and went on and got a doctorate. Thank you, Lord, because uh, people who believe in you can set you up for success. Thank you. And uh, in an urban planning, you have to do a lot of uh, math around projections right? And you're looking at statistics. This is called the Taylor expansion equation. And what it is, is if you want to see how many outcomes there are, uh, outcomes dependent upon the variables. So if you have x amount of variables, you have x amount of outcomes. The Taylor expansion model is the outcome for infinity. And what happens if you have too many variables, you have so many potential outcomes that you can't calculate them. They're actually, as you see at the end, uh, going to have an Uh, an infinite amount of possibilities. Do you know where I'm going with this? Are we hearing? Now just call it the Stacy expansion equation. Because when God looks at Stacy, he's going, I see infinite amount of potential and possibility in him. That's the way it really works. The only thing that won't move you to infinity is if you have less than one in the equation. If you have less than one, it'll go in the wrong direction. Anything one or more is going to move towards infinity. Isn't that amazing? Let's open up some doors and get some opportunities. Let's see ourselves as people of potential, in fact, endless potential, and we even get to impart that to other people. When somebody's shutting the door on themselves, when they don't see value in the one, then we get to show them the value in them. And that's that's what we do. That's what Jesus did, and that's a beautiful thing to be able to listen without limits. But again, to the standard, you hear is going to be measured. More will be if you want to hear with limits, then you just limit yourself. I'm not listening that way. In fact, you know what? It's it's kind of unique because I was close today. I got to sit up front, so I was close to the worship team, and I didn't realize I was such a great singer. I could hear, man, I'm good. Because Jason was saying, I want you to get loud. Jason, did anybody? Did you hear anybody louder than me? I was killing it, man. I was, now, listen, in this, in the, yeah, right. yeah, pitch doesn't mean much to me, but it doesn't matter. It's like, it's like, pitch is volume. It's like, yeah. Did you hit a note? I don't know what note, but I hit it pretty hard, that's for sure. Yeah, and, and so I was really, behave- I looked around, there just was not enough room for me to dance, but I, I literally, I started to go out to the hall to get my dancing on because that's going to happen. Uh, and because I'm not going to be limited by my own limitations or the things that other people impose on me, I'm sorry, I belong to Him. At the same time, in the second grade, they said, What do you want to be when you grow up? And I raised my hand, I said, I wanted to be a dinosaur. And they said, Sorry, you can't do that. Now, that was helpful, right? <laughs> Come on, God, be realistic here. We're not growing up to be dinosaurs, we're growing up to be children of the Most High God. So that's, that's how we want to listen. All right. Number three, you ready to get to the third one? You get to learn to lean into God. Learn. But it's not just learning, just information, is not what we're talking about. God's going to say, I want you to learn so that you can lean. Lean into me. Remember, draw near to me and I'll draw near to you. That's the equation to infinite outcomes. Draw near to me and he promises, I will draw near to you. Isn't that beautiful? And so here, here's a go. This is Mark 4, 26 to 27. And he was saying, if he said it then, does it work today? We need to hear it today. And he was saying, the kingdom of God is like a man who cast seed upon the soil. And he goes to bed at night and he gets up by day and the seed sprouts and grows. That's all making sense, right? I love this next statement. How? He himself does not know. Man, this was like Marty Schaefer. You love to figure things out. That's one of the things I love. And I'm I'm a reflective person. I'll go to the corner I'll hear something. And I just want to know, what does this mean? How's it going to work? I took this. I said, Lord, what's being said here? He's saying, mankind can't figure me out. That's how it works. You got to be comfortable with that. And when you can't figure it out, this is what I want you to do. I don't want you to isolate. I want you to lean. I want you to lean into me when it gets really hard because sometimes when you start figuring out, I'm going to make it harder so you can get closer to me. Wow, thanks a lot. Do you hear that? We're free from needing to figure it out. We're free from needing to be in control. We're free from that. We're free to hang on. Now, the way that you hang on is going to be either a good hang on or a bad hang on. Sometimes you can hang on like, yeah, I got nothing else to hang on to. So I guess you're, you know, good as it gets. (laughs) You know, are you guys still with me? Jesus said to the 12 as it got really hard. And they said, yeah, we're hanging on because we don't have anywhere else to go. And he said, I'm going to show you the heart of the father. So I said, "Would you please?" Have I been with you longer? I haven't seen you yet. Okay, we'll keep getting it out. And I go pray a little harder. Hang on, hang on. Lean in, lean in. It can be tough. I I lost my my real father when I was 14 years old. The hardest things I've ever faced in my life. And it's hard. I couldn't figure it out. Uh, and the Lord just one night spoke to me. This dumb kid crying on his bed. And just hearing that, I'm, so when I say to you, we don't have a problem that hearing from God can't cure, I'm telling the truth. When you hear the Lord say to you, hey, Marty, trust me. I still can't figure it out, but I'm good. I've got something to hang on to. And I loved what we did in our worship today because we were saying basically this that if you really want to hang on, you can either you know, hang on with a confusion or maybe even a resentment or like I don't have anyone else or you can hang on with joy. For me, sometimes when it gets so hard, the joy of the Lord better be my strength because I gotta hang on hard. And so you when we talk about Nehemiah 8, 10 all the time, the joy of the Lord is my strength. Do you understand it's not my joy in the Lord is the strength. No, the joy of the Lord is my strength. God's joy for me is what makes me hang on to Him. He's not saying, well, man, I'm at the bottom of the barrel with Marty, guy." And so uh, I better hang on to him. There's nothing. No. (laughs) Hey, Marty, you're as good as it gets right now. Let's hang on. I have full joy in you, my son. Mm -hmm. Let's let's get through this. But when I can't figure it out, that's okay. My joy is going to be your strength. My joy in you. That's a wonderful thing. And that's it starts from the beginning and it goes to the end. I'm telling you right now, some of us are barely hanging on, but if we could just get a little bit more of his joy in our life, which is what hearing from him again, we don't have a problem that hearing from God won't care. If we're feeling weak right now, we probably should. This is a crazy place to live. Oh, by the way, just you know, for those of you who are interested, Jesus said it's gonna get harder. Yeah, I'm just I'm I'm just telling the truth. It's just gonna get harder. That's what he said. I'm like, is things are going to get worse. And when I return, they're going to be really bad. And they're going to be really hard. But I'm here. And in the meantime, you're the light. Go show them. You know, go show them. So that's what it's going to be like. So we better, I don't know about you, we better figure out this joy thing. We better understand that he really genuinely loves us in the deepest, most beautiful way. And it's not going to change. It's not. So we get to hang on to that. So then the last thing, are you ready? Is that he says... I want you now to lead. Once you're this far, if you can look up, bring your lamp, get ready to shine. If you really want to listen, do listen without limits. If you're willing to learn from God and lean into him, even when we can't figure it out, now we finally get to lead. Isn't that awesome? In fact, if you've done those three things, we are leading. Here's the last one. This is Mark 4, 30 to 32. And he said, how shall we picture the kingdom of God? Or by what parable shall we present it? It's like a mustard seed which when sown upon the soil, though it is smaller than all the seeds that are upon the soil, yet when it is sown, it grows up and becomes larger than all the garden plants and forms large branches so that the birds of the air can nest under its shade. Friends, once we start figuring it out a little bit, once we are the light, once we are him here, we actually provide shade and rest and love and comfort for other people who are trying to figure it out. We actually get to do something with all this goodness. And we might just have a little bit, right? If you are just that little seed, and that seed here, is it people or is it faith in this parable? It's people's faith. You see it? If you just have a little bit of faith, who you? real person, if you have some faith in who I am, then what you're going to be able to do is you're going to see that life grow. And that life isn't just going to be taking from people. You're going to be giving to people because that's what leaders do. Leadership, and I've shared this before a few sermons ago, leadership is being the best version of ourselves in order to bring out the best in other people. That's leadership. Being the best version of ourselves in order to bring out the best in others. So I'm willing to pay the price to be the best version of ours. I'm going to do everything I can i want to look up, I'm going to listen, I'm going to learn, I'm going to be teachable and correctable. But I, want to, I don't want to just sit there and say, look how great I'm looking, you know. I want to look in the mirror and say, I've got something to give to other people. This, I can give this away. And it's a beautiful thing that he's telling us right here. Hey, it's not just about being a seed or having some faith. It's about providing shade. Why? Because it's hot out there. It's hard. And guess what? It's going to get harder. So smart people who love the Lord, guess what we do? Do we escape hardness? No, you can't take the light and put it under the bush or the bed. What we do is we learn how to be better in the midst of harder. So again, would you look left, look right, look around? You're better when It's harder. Yeah, go ahead. Thank you, Dana. Yeah, I, I, actually, I was kind of hoping we would in my notes next they did, but David. Look, friends, we get better when it gets harder. You don't need shade if the sun ain't out. The sun's coming out. It's getting hot. We're it. I'm so thankful that we get to be alive during this season. As far as Planet Crazy, we're in the fourth quarter. This is hard time. And we're here, so I'm just thankful for that. And I want us to understand the significant, the significance of leaning into the Lord for this. Because again, the Lord's saying that His purpose was to draw near to us, so that we could draw near to Him. That's the purpose. That's the intent. He's not hiding that. That's not a parable. That's a fact. Right. My my desire is to say to him, yes, I want to, go. I want to get close to you too. In fact, everything the world has to offer pales in comparison to what I can get from you. That's, that's where he's going with all this. So we're going to go on that path too. We're going to move. We're going to lean in. And we're going to be family in church as we do that together. And as we do, we're going to light it up. Right here in our cool little city hall, people's plaza building in the middle of Lakewood. And we're just going to light it up for the Lord Jesus Christ. That's what we do. We're going to be taking communion now, and and I want to share with you on communion that I want you to take communion without limits. Can we take communion without limits? When I first took communion, uh, I wasn't sure what it meant, and I was at a Roman Catholic church, and it was the end of the service, and they told everybody to come forward. So I got out, and I started going forward. Then on the way of going forward, then they said it was just for people in the church, and then I'm in the middle of the line, and I'm not a member of the church. I just started feeling really awkward, I thought, this isn't very good. So then I thought, do I just step out of line or do I just stay in line and take communion? And my little fearful self said, I'd rather lie and tell them I'm a member of the church than to have to get out. So I just stood did, there and I took communion. I didn't really understand what was going on that much. I just did not want to be embarrassed. I want to say something important to us about taking communion, friends. I'm not sure I can tell you I understand what communion's all about to this day. Communion, that says we're going to be participating in the body and the blood of Christ and that he's going to impart something to us in this process. And I just want, I want us to enter into this time with this understanding that sometimes when we look at that communion, we're, we're feeling like we don't fit in. That maybe all the stuff that we've done wrong is, is going to like prevent us from being able to participate. Can we just apply the Taylor expansion model to this as well? It might be that communion's more about the infinite possibilities, promises, healing, and goodness of God that can be imparted to us and what we've done wrong, right? Our elder Mark, if you're gonna come, would you just come and lead us in communion? And I'm just so grateful uh, for our church, for Mark's uh, willingness to lead us in this moment. Thank you, sir.